Hello and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. Today we are going to talk about what the church is not. Coming up next. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace through faith. conversation that we had last time and talking about some of these ideas of what the church is. Uh, We were talking about eschatology and um, the study of the church. And and so today, as we move on, uh, I want to continue talking about that because last time we were there in Ephesians chapter two, talking about Paul. He's saying, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household. And so we see that, look, we are no longer strangers and aliens to each other, that now we're no longer strangers and aliens to the family of God, but we are a family. We are saints. We are being built together for the purpose of Christ and in Christ. Jesus is our chief cornerstone. And so we see what we are and what we are being built in into also knowing that Jesus is the head of the church that we are in submission to him we are also looked at as the bride of Christ and being his bride and and following after him and taking his lead and so there's some really neat things that we see as the church and Paul explaining what the church is and the calling and the purpose However, today we're going to take a little bit of a a different turn and we're going to look at what Peter says, because Peter's going to say uh, that we are no longer aliens and strangers. And so we're going to take a look at what Peter is talking about there. And that's going to be all the way in first Peter chapter two. And I think as we talk about this even more than uh, we have, this is going to be so, so important moving forward, I think, for any Christian. And no matter what your eschatological view is of, of the church in the big scheme of things, and we'll talk about some of those uh, in, in later episodes, but we are looking to identify ourselves and who we are. So whether you have a different outlook on uh, eschatology or even a different theological outlook, we can see what the Bible says of who we are uh, first and foremost. So first Peter chapter two, Peter does say this. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
And then he goes on in verse 10, he says, you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And this is kind of reaffirming what uh, Paul is saying there in Ephesians. He says, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But now Peter's going to take a completely different take and he's going to change his um, kind of this where we're going with this, he says, beloved in verse 11 of chapter two, I urge you as aliens and strangers. So now he's saying you, I urge you as aliens and strangers. So now we are aliens and strangers. He says this to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, Peter makes very clear and defines it without any question that we are separate from the world, that we are no longer in the world or no longer of the world. We are in the world, but we're no longer of it. And in fact, in the first part of first Peter chapter two, he says, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy, envy, and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it, you may grow in respect to salvation And he says in verse four, he says, in coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. And then he goes on and he talks, behold, I lay in Zion, a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. And he says in verse seven, this precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve the stone, which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense for they stumble because they they are disobedient to the word and to this doom, they were also appointed. And so Peter's really separating us as Christians from the world. And I think this becomes frustrating to so many because so many of us want to become friends with the world and we want the world to accept us. And, you know, my wife and I were watching a a video and I thought, I thought the, the guy brought up a, a good question. He said, some of these churches, are they succeeding because they're truly blessed by the Lord, the Lord's actually blessing them for all they're doing, or, or is it that they look so much like the world that they're attracting the world and, and they're not, um, they're not separated that they're doing everything just as the world would and, and the world likes it. And and I think that's a good, a good question. And, And I know that a lot of people are going to kind of step back and maybe argue a little bit and say, but hold on, Micah. I mean, we are supposed to be witnesses 
to the world and in the world. And I say we are, because here Peter does say that. He says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so we are to proclaim to the nations and to other people his excellencies. But we are not supposed to look like the world. He says you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. This is maybe confusing to some people because the word holy, holy is it just simply means to be set apart. Sometimes we get confused because we, we say, oh, you're just a holier than thou type of person. Well, no, holier than thou means absolutely nothing. Holy, we've perverted the word and think that holy means perfect or uh, something to where you're, you're more righteous than somebody else. But holy just means set apart because God says, I am holy, therefore you should be holy, meaning I am set apart. I'm different than all the other gods, and therefore my people are to be different than all the other people in this world. And so as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, yeah, we are to look different. In fact, look what Peter says. He says, I urge you as aliens and strangers. Have you ever thought like, wow, how come I don't fit in at this place of work or I don't fit in with uh, the the group of people that I'm I'm trying to reach? Why, why do I not fit in? And, and why does it seem like we're just never able to understand each other? Well, it's because you're a stranger. You're an alien to them now and you are a, an alien and a stranger to this world. But remember, no longer are you an alien and a stranger to God or to the, the, um, to, to the church. You are an alien stranger to the world. So some people are like, well, before I was a Christian, I didn't even understand these things. But then, then I gave my heart to the Lord and, and now I, now I completely understand and, and I have a lot better understanding of, uh, of what's being said. And it's like their eyes are being opened because now, now as a, your spirit is born into Christ and now you're able to see what the Lord is saying and understand those things because these things are spiritual things. These are godly things. These are things that are for a royal, a royal priesthood, a chosen race, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And once you come into that fold, now you have an understanding like you never did before. Why? Because you are aliens and strangers in this world. And he says, he says, and as those aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul, because we know that this flesh that we live in, even though we are believers in Christ, our spirits alive, we still live in this flesh. And there's always going to be this battle that's going on between the flesh and the spirit. And some of us don't recognize that completely or fully. In fact, 
I know some people that because of the things that they go through in the flesh, that, that it makes them question what the spirit is actually saying. And that's a really dangerous place to be because our emotions, our uh, feelings can begin to dictate what we believe. And if, if that's what's dictating what you believe, no longer are you listening to the word of God, but you're listening to your flesh. And, and people say, well, even if I have this spirit in me, how can I be doing that? It's because you, it says right here, the fleshly let lust, which wage war against the soul. You have your soul, your spirit and your flesh that are waging war constantly, constantly. It's a battle all the time. And so I don't want you or anybody else to be ignorant of this fact that our flesh, those desires that we have, that those desires that do jive with the world, those desires that look at sinful things and we think, oh, that would be wonderful. Or, or maybe even the flesh that wants to say, man, I want to, I, I want to become part of the world. I want to indulge myself, even though they might not seem like terrible things, uh, but, but they're against God because now we are a, a aliens and strangers, but yet this battle is going to be something that's constantly, constantly going on. In fact, if you want even more questions or answers about this, look at what Paul says in Romans chapter seven about how the flesh, how he keeps doing these things in the flesh. And he's like, who's going to save me and rescue me from this body? And, and that's exactly what we all go through is Lord, why do I keep doing these things? Why do I keep falling into these traps? Because you've got your flesh, your flesh, which is waging war against your spirit and your soul. But then Peter does say something very interesting here. He says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles or the world so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Have you ever wondered why uh, Christians and their morality is different than that of the world? It's, it's because we are these, we have the heart of God and we are, are trying to promote this and give this to people. But see what it is, is they, they revile you and they say, oh no, you're evil. You're evil for what you're doing. And for some Christians, this can be a very convincing argument uh, when people say, no, what you're doing is wrong. And I've seen people who have been persuaded by this and turned away from walking with the Lord or even walking in, in truth because somebody says, oh, well, you're just being mean that that doesn't make sense, that, that that's evil. And when, when you look at it, you're a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you are right. But the thing is, is what we do, of course, it's not going to be accepted by the world because the flesh and the spirit are waging war against each other. And so if you're in that position of you're, you're questioning, okay, well, the Bible says this, but, but is that really the right thing? When, when you get to that point, 
Remember, your flesh is trying to destroy the work that the spirit has been doing. And, you know, so many times people to say, you know, Micah, I, I just, I just want my life to reflect Jesus. That's what I want. I just want when people see me, that they're going to see me and they're going to uh, see Jesus and, and they're going to see that. And they're going to be like, oh my goodness, Jesus is so wonderful and so good. Here's the problem. I want people to see Jesus in me. That's what I want. I want people when they look at Micah, they don't see Micah. They see, they see Jesus. But let me also say this. When they look and they see Jesus in you, they may not like what they see. Because Jesus was not even fully accepted by his group and by his people that he ministered to. I mean, think of Jesus. Everybody talks about how good Jesus was. Everybody talks about how wonderful he was and all the good things, whether they're going to admit he's uh, Jesus as, as God or they just assume that and say, oh, well, he was a good person and a good teacher. Uh, either way, they look and they say, wow, this guy was really something and he's changed the whole world. But remember this, the people that he healed, the blind that he gave sight, the dead that he raised to life, the lepers that he healed, the demon possessed that he cast those out. Remember the people that he fed the bread to and, and he gave and the loaves and the fishes and, and he taught them and he just miraculously changed and shattered their culture. Remember, these are the same people, the same exact people that stood there in the courtyard yelling, crucify him, crucify him. These are the same people. People say, oh, well, it was just the religious guys. It, it was the religious guys, the Pharisees and, and them who got the crowd stirring. But they were persuaded by that. And here they were. They forgot everything. And in fact, in John chapter 6, it talks about when Jesus really got down to the nitty gritty of his teaching about how, look, you need to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And if you don't, you don't have eternal life that they say, how can this be? These are hard things. And many of his disciples left him at that point and at that time. So you say, yeah, I want to look like Jesus, and so do I. But remember, the world is not going to like what they see because we are aliens and strangers in this world. But Peter, he doesn't say, oh, because of that, you know, just start treating everybody and doing whatever you want. No, he says, no, keep your behavior excellent. Keep it excellent because when the, their day of visitation happens, that they will glorify God, that they may see. And when the, they meet the Lord, that they will say, oh, wow, this is the God in whom they proclaimed. This is the Jesus in whom they were saying. And, and so we are to keep our behavior excellent. We are supposed to, but, but remember just because we do, and just because we have a very convincing argument for Jesus doesn't mean that they're going to accept him right there and then, or that they're even going to like what they see. But I also want to, um, take us to James, the book of James, because 
James gives us this, um, well, he, he gives us very, um, very clear, very clear on what he says. Okay. And that is actually found in James chapter four, verse four, where James says this, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And he goes on, he says, or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. And that's something because we want to give ourselves and we want, we want to see people, our loved ones saved. We want to see people that we love to come to Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we make a fuss because we're like, well, maybe I need to do more of what they're doing, or maybe I need to accept more of what they believe and, and pull that in. But, but Peter and James, they make it very clear. No friendship with this world is hostility towards God. And so I know these are difficult things, but ultimately even with those difficulties, what we are going for is we want to be pleasing to our God. We want to be pleasing to him because we are no longer strangers and aliens to him, but we are now children of God, which is a, a beautiful thing. And, and I love that in, in all through the scriptures, through the New Testament, it speaks of that, that relationship that we have with him, but it makes it very clear as we are supposed to be witnesses, as we are supposed to glorify God, not just with our words, but with our actions. But remember, as people see these things, they, they will revile you and they will say that you're evil. They will say that it's no good because they want you to accept their version of what's good and their version of what's bad. But remember, the spirit, the spirit and the flesh are waging war. In fact, it, it does say that it is impossible to please God in the flesh. Don't, don't you know? It's impossible to please him that way. And so the Lord wants you to just follow him, to accept him, and to be a holy nation, a holy people that goes about living our lives for him. And that through that, the world may see what we are doing. And when they come and they meet God, that they will say, oh, that's what it's about. That's what it is. There is that difference and they will glorify God because of that. And that's what we want is even at those last moments in those last times that somebody has, even before they die, where the Lord gives them that last chance to say, hey, are you going to accept me or not? Where people will say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I saw what other people did and I used to revile that, but now 
Now, Lord, I see and I see that you are good and this is you and what you want. And so I really want to encourage you, if you're really, if you're struggling with these things, come, come here to the word, come here to what, what Peter is saying and even Paul in in his scriptures that we are to separate ourselves from the world. As difficult as that is, there's such a tremendous blessing in doing that because we want to be pleasing to our God. We want to be pleasing to him. And through that, he will bless you. And I truly believe that when those days come, that he will use what you did by following him and people will see that and say, yeah, that was the right way to go. And so as we continue with this, again, I want to encourage you, if you have questions, send them my way. Go to my website, www.foundgrace.org. You can submit the questions there, and I'd love to answer those for you. Um, But as we continue, don't be friends with this world. Be set apart for the Lord and Him alone. Amen. By grace you have.